So divine direction, week one, was start something. And uh, if you haven't figured out by the song, divine direction for week two is going to be to stop one thing. Okay? So you have this very simple truth about life, and that's that life is full of cause and effects. It's, it's full of cause and effects. Now, when you're little, when you're young, most of your major life decisions and a lot of your little life decisions, you have no choice in. Somebody else makes a decision, and then you just deal with it, <laughs> right? Uh, dad gets a new job, mom and dad pray or don't pray, and they just transplant you to Pennsylvania. Newsflash, welcome to Pennsylvania, you're now there. And we just don't have a lot of control over there, but there are all these kind of things that create cause and effects that we don't have control over as we start this journey on this planet, right? Like we don't get to choose our parents, we don't get to choose where we're born, we, uh, t- most of our childhood, we get to choose very little. And then, you know, even as you grow up, though, you don't get to choose what your boss is going to do. Like, you just don't. You, don't. you don't have that control over your boss. You don't choose what your boss is going to do. You don't choose what your spouse is going to do. You don't choose what your girlfriend's going to do or your teacher. There's just so many things, right? But in every one of those things, there's still a cause and there's still an effect. And that effect is on us. And those things affect us as well. But I got to say this. For most of you, over time, you do get more say. And over time, you start to make choices, decisions, maybe a decision to start a new discipline that makes your life better or to stop something that's hindering your best story. And in those decisions, there's always a cause and there's always an effect that go on. Things still happen to us that we don't get. Sometimes we own them, sometimes we don't. Divorces happen, jobs come and go, opportunities arise, temptations rise up as well. But a lot of times, it's the little choices that we make and the things that we've done ahead of time that cause the effect. Like you, you just cannot miss the fact that it's our choices. And then, you know, sometimes we just straight up own it. And we're not real good at that, but sometimes we just we choose this and we end up with a regret. You ever say this? Like, why did I do that? Like, why did I do that? Has anybody done that? You watch your uh, best friend or your spouse, girlfriend, your boyfriend crying after you've said some stupid thing in an argument that you really didn't mean that you can't roll back and you're like, <sighs> again, or how about this one? What was I thinking? What, what in the world was I thinking when I bought that new car and I can't feed my family now? What was I thinking when I spouted off above my boss in a break room to the person I knew was going to tell him? What was I thinking when I did X with money or a relationship or whatever else? And so it's so easy to see, but it seems based on our examples a lot of times that cause and effect is easier to see in like the negative examples, right? So you drive too fast, you speed, and you get a ticket, right? Okay, you date the wrong person, right? You end up with a broken heart, and you may struggle to trust again for a really long time. Uh, hey, beer bong, a six-pack, hug a toilet, right? So it's so easy to see cause and effect in the things, right, just of life. But if you go for the positive things, they exist as well. If you show up for work on time, you do the job you're asked to do, you contribute in places where they haven't even asked you to do, 
you get a raise. Probably end up being the boss nowadays, but you get a raise, right? How about this? You start exercising, improve your diet, and your waist gets smaller, right? Or whatever needs to get smaller. (laughs) If you attend class, you listen, you take some notes, you study, you're what? Your grades go up. They all seem cause and effect based on decisions that we make. So it's not just the negative, it's the positive. So poor decisions may usher in regret, but great decisions usher in a better story, right, for all of us. So in all of this, and if you've been around here for a while, I'm going to tell you the solution. The solution is thinking slow. Like, we just have to slow down. You want to avoid regret. You want to avoid negative effects, negative causes. What you have to do is you have to slow down. You have to slow down, and you have to think. Um, Divine Direction, the book that was written by Craig, that's kind of our launching point for this series. Craig writes it this way. Just take a time out, hit pause, sit on it, and maybe get some wisdom. So, like if, you know, if, if you take a time out, you're right, and you just take a pause and you sit on it, and you still don't know what you're doing, maybe get some wisdom, right? And you might say, oh, I, I, maybe a Bible verse or maybe a counselor or whatever, just get some wisdom. But really, one of the greatest things to do when you stop is to ask yourself this. If I go down this road, just think about where you're at right now. You probably have something in your brain that you're like, I could stop this and my story would be better. So if I go down this road, what story will I tell? Will it be a recovery story or will it be success? If I, if I go down this road, what story will I tell? But then add to it this, is that the story I wanna tell about my life? Is that really the story I wanna tell about my life? So for me, Moses is an incredible example of this. Um, Moses didn't really want to be in charge of anything, um, it, but he ended up in charge of a whole nation, a whole hundreds of thousands of people. And when they got out there on their own, and God delivered them, they got out there on their own, Moses was the only one who like spoke to God face to face, and he was the only one who had the wisdom because the rest of the people had been in captivity and they were just followers. And then all of a sudden, they had lived like under this Egyptian legal system, and everybody, that was all meted out. And all of a sudden, there was no legal system, there was nothing. Person A had a problem, person B, they went to Moses. Person A, B, C went to Moses. Everybody went to Moses. Moses started getting absolutely overwhelmed and absolutely exhausted, and he was at his breaking point. It's really cool, though. God did something cool, and Moses did a couple cool things. Number one, Moses listened to his body and his emotions and realized this was not the story he wanted to live. And then God sent a man named Jethro, his father-in-law of all people, sometimes hard to hear from the father-in-law, who gives him some advice that just comes out of nowhere because Jethro is a major leader. God just works through Jethro and he says, hey, listen. So listen, appoint some judges over groups of 10. If they can't handle the decision in the tens, get them up to the hundreds. This thing creates a legal system that basically our legal system is built on today. And all of a sudden, Moses is what? He's relieved. He can now lead the people. There's less work. The work is distributed out. So here's Moses, right? Moses, slow down, right? Listen to his body, his emotions, listen to counselor, and listen to God when God said that's exactly the way to do it. And Moses found a better story. The solution to regrets is slowing down, 
listening to wisdom and applying it. And so I have a friend who just started going to counseling. I was teasing him. I always tell everybody this, whether you're going to counseling or you hire a coach, gonna batting coach, I don't care what you're going to, batting coach, a business coach, if you're going to go to somebody and ask them for help, don't be an ask hole. I have a friend of mine coined that phrase. These people always come to me. My church is growing. They come to me. They ask for things. I tell them things, and it's like a, just a big black hole. I throw in wisdom, and they go, ah, don't you hate it? If somebody comes to you, and they ask you, and you give them a great answer, and they go off and jump off the cliff anyway, right? So Moses didn't do that. So I always tell people, when you're going to go to these wise counselors, when you're going to go to God, when we're going to start addressing this cause and effect and figuring out what to do, slowing down, be very honest with whoever you're talking about. Don't tell them half the story. Don't tell them a third. Don't tell them stuff that's not true. Be straight up, honest, just the facts. And then listen to them. And then do what they say. Man, there's so many people go to counselors and go, Kathy, that didn't work for me. That's right, because you're bullheaded, stupid, and an idiot. Because when you go to counseling, you go to counseling because you can't figure your emotions out. You can't deal with your anxiety. You can't deal with your crap. And she's going to leave you and the world's going to fall apart. So you go there. When you go to a doctor, what are you saying? I need help. So if the doctor says, hey, do this and this and this this week, and you don't do it, it's not the therapy that's not working. It's what? You that's not working. Does that make sense? My buddy Joel Ma, my author friend, he started out my author friend, now he's just my friend friend. He's in writes incredible books. He wrote this in a blog recently, and he was talking about just the pathway to success. It was a very short blog. He said this, whenever I don't like something about my life, I have to assume that I'm the problem, not the world. I assume there's something I don't understand about myself or how people work. Then I start reading, praying, and asking questions. I seek out advice, and then I shut up and listen to what people say. I don't make excuses for why my situation is special, because it isn't. Assume that they know something about the world and how it works, and act on it. Did you get the idea? Like if you surround yourself with many wise counselors, if you slow down, if you stop and listen, not only can you avoid regret, but you can trust the people that you put around it. So stopping, in an odd sense, is often the key to success. Like just stopping. If you just take a look at Moses' story, something very peculiar about it. You notice Moses goes on to become an even better leader. Moses goes on to get rest. The nation grows. Moses is able to listen to God and spend time with God. And and so he was a greater success by doing less. He was a greater success by doing less. He stopped things that were preventing him from doing the things that God wanted him to do. In other words, he stopped things, right, that were preventing him from living out that thing. The great question is to say, you know, God, I want to want what you want me to want. Because you know everything. So I want to want what you want me to want. And sometimes a pathway to that, and the pathway, in this case, to a better 2023 or just a better life, is to say, you know, be aware. Listen to your body. Listen to your emotions. Listen to your God. Listen to the people around you. And sometimes it comes down to it's time for a stop. So 
Um, I don't know if you know the phrase opportunity cost, but opportunity cost is the unrealized cost. Basically, we didn't know what we didn't know. <laughs> and we didn't act, so there was a cost to it. It's not necessarily a real cost. It might mean I didn't act, right? So I missed a blessing from God. It might mean I didn't act, so I didn't end up with this incredible thing, right? So opportunity cost flies throughout the church constantly. When we choose for our kids, go back, cause and effect. If you're an adult, listen to this. You are making the major life decisions for your children. And if you don't choose things that result in good long-term effects, who pays the cost? Not you. They do. They're experiencing later in life the opportunity cost because, I mean, honestly, we thought they'd be a pro basketball player. So we invested more in that than we did in their emotional well-being. We thought, well, they're going to be a Rhodes Scholar, so we invested more in that than we did in a great relationship. We thought, hey, they're going to, they're going to be a pro ball player. They're going to be the baseball king. They're doing so well. We didn't base it on real evidence, which is less than half a percent. And we failed to invest in them spiritually. A friend of mine does FCA was saying, they go off to college, they just lose it. Like we can't get them ready enough for college because then all of a sudden they have freedom. It's like getting your driver's license. The world changes. You have a lot more choices. The question, are they prepared? Do you see how this plays out? So it doesn't just play out for us, but it also plays out for other folks. So ask yourself this question. Just stop for a minute, think where your story is. You probably already have in your brain a couple things you could stop because we all have a couple things we could stop. Ask yourself this. What's it gonna cost me if I keep going? That is the only way to avoid that opportunity cost. It's the only way to avoid missing out on God. This, you gotta ask yourself this. If I keep going the way I'm going, what's it gonna cost me? And what part of God's story will I miss? What, what part of the great relationship with my family will I miss? What promotion will I miss? What peace will I miss? What vacation will I miss? What will I miss? My friend, Erin and Brandy, their daughter is so growing up. And she crawled up in his lap today and she laid his head on chest. She's like all stretched out, curled up in her old blankie. And she says, I love you, dad. And man, I was so jealous. I miss those days. But you wanna know what's great? I had those days. I stopped long enough. Somebody helped me be smart enough to have those days. Because if I hadn't, it would have become a what? An opportunity cost. What's it gonna cost you if you just keep going, Moses? If you just keep doing thousands of cases a year, what's it gonna cost you, Moses? Is the bandwidth gonna get so plugged up that you can't hear from God and lead the people anymore because you're so busy doing the garbage and the leadership? It's amazing what happens when we stop to ask, what blessings am I going to miss? Joel goes on in his blog to say this, direction, not good intentions, determines your destination. Just want to think about that. Like, think, where are you pointed right now? What's it going to cost you? Are you on the right track? Is everybody getting something in your brain that you know you should probably stop? Anybody not? Yeah, you're getting them? Okay, cool. 
So the point is, is here, it's just like Moses, we need to slow down, we need to take a breath sometimes, and as we end your 2023, what a great time to do it. And not stop 10 things, but maybe just try to stop one thing. And this is where the crux comes in. The crux of this entire matter comes in now that we've set up the problem, we know what it is, and we know what the solution is, and, and that crux is, all of a sudden, I've got to do something about it. And in this particular case of making decisions that will change your life, it is the external habits and the internal habits is where we're going to conquer. External habits are easy, right? As, does anybody feel like maybe you should eat a little better? Just, just, just Even if you don't want to change the shape of your body, just so you feel better. Anybody? Amber and I were shopping. We went to Sprouts. John and Becky love Sprouts. I don't think I've ever been there. Amber, I was, I was having a hard day yesterday. Had a couple meetings and, you know, just having a hard day. So Amber said, we're going to go on an outing. So we went to Petco and we're drug around by two dogs who really had fun. And then we went, you know, to Sprouts, right? And so we're trying to get some healthy snacks and all because we're trying to stay healthy. And I haven't shopped in a while apparently because I was like, that's what bread costs? Oh, my. Now I understand why our budget's off. And she's like, that's, that's what stuff costs. So, but we're at Sprouts, right? And, and we're just looking at all the stuff. But then I saw this package of Boar's Head hot dogs. I was like, that's cheaper than eating out. And they're all twisted together, you know, like in little links of stuff. And I'm like, me, I love me a good hot dog with the poppy skin, you know. So we got the hot dogs, have hot dogs, you have to bun, have buns, you have to have baked beans, have baked beans, you gotta have chips to scoop them up with. And home, cooked all this up, and about 45 minutes later, we were trying to watch Harry Potter together, relaxing, because we're trying to finish that series. And uh, I think I was snoring. I think that's what it was. And what I put in me was not fuel for success. It was fuel for sleep. It was good, but it was fuel for sleep. But you get the idea, though, right, that you, you probably have little things just like that on your list. Well, those are external habits. They're easy to see. But I want to I share with you this danger that you have it's called internal habits, and they come from our broken nature. So, you know, we get a little deeper on Wednesdays. We get even deeper in discipleship, and you get all this depth with God. But the, but the long and short of it is this, is that when people chose to walk away from God, sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, we got corrupted. Our parents are corrupted. Everybody's corrupted. Our flesh is corrupted. It's simple. Do you have to teach your children to be selfish? No. Do you have to teach your, your children to, to be nice, yes. Do you have to teach your children to say snotty things? No. Do you have to, you know, we get it. So we're just broken. Well, guess what? Adults, teens, you're still broken. I wanna give you some examples of just internal bad habits, internal things that maybe should be on our list of things to stop instead of cheesecake. We're selfish, we're broken, we're full of greed, pride, and lust. How about the negative self-talk, the things we say about ourselves? Like God's just convicting me right now because I've been saying him for what, about 12 hours? Amber's like in the back row going, thank God you're listening. But will we stop those things? That negative self-talk, that blaming other people, the not taking responsibility for our lives, those perhaps more than cheesecake are gonna hinder us experiencing God. They're counter to the promises of God, they're counter to the truths of God, because God is yes and amen, and he is love, and he's patience, and he has hope. 
And when we live in that selfish, greed, pride, lust, we're just totally on the wrong track internally. So though our tendency might be to pick our one thing to stop this year would be an external thing, we might want to take a look deep down inside. Paul explains it this way in Romans 8, 29. God knows his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. His goal is for us to have that kind of life, to be that full. He wants to transform our internal habits, our internal life. Here's another one. Paul, again, is talking to Timothy. He says, all scripture is inspired by God, is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what's right. Just realize opening the Word of God and reading it just a little bit every day can actually be the very thing that allows God to start to transform what's inside you. It's his promises, his truths that let me know I am worth something and that I can make it. The writer of Hebrews writes this. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses around us, let us lay aside every encumbrance, every barrier, everything that would hinder us, and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Did you get that? It, it hit on both the external and the internal, right? Lay aside the sin, the external stuff that's so easy, that's, that's not healthy, that's not good for us, the things that hinder us, but that inside. Anything that hinders me from having the story and telling the story that God wants me to tell, anything that gets in the way of me wanting what God wants me to want, and it says lay aside, right? Get laid aside. That's not common for us. What it means is pitch it out, quit it, stop it. Get rid of it. The key here is that we need to stop that one thing that really is holding us back from the story that we want to tell about our lives, that he wants to tell about our lives. The story that we want our kids to see and remember and hear. So my question is, very simple, what's your one thing to stop this year? Not 10, just what's your one? And you're like, ah, oh. I already have three in my mind. While I'm teaching you, I still have three in my mind, three things, yeah, two internal, one external, and, I, and I'm sitting there thinking about them, and I want to give you some, just a little bit of freedom. I want you to take a day, take 24 hours, right? Pray about this, think about it, talk to somebody smart, and then sleep on it. And then when you get up the next day, stop it. Whatever it is, just stop it. And you may be... Stop, fall, get back up, stop, fall, get back up, stop, stop it. Be determined to stop it. Be determined that, to ask God to help you to stop it. Listen to whoever your spiritual father-in-law is and just stop and get that thing that's hindering you out of the way. Maybe a better way to ask this is this. What does God want you to stop to get what you want that he wants? That's very complex. That's like a tongue twister. But think about it. What does he want you to stop in order for you to get what you want that he wants? I really want to align our wants with his. But what does he want you to stop to get there? So just think about that just for a second. 
And remember this. When it comes to internal and external, the same God, the same Jesus that rose from the dead, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, the same spirit that lives in this world, the same spirit that empowered him lives in you. There is no can't. There's only a choice to change the rest of your story. You can't go back, but you can't go forward. And he wants you to. He wants to transform us. He wants us to live abundantly. Just a lot of times we don't just, I love this idea of seven simple decisions that changed my life. Just one, one start, and today one stop. So we get to tell a better story. So I just encourage you next 24 hours to make sure that you do your homework, that you take the truth that your father-in-law up here is telling you and carry it back and just slow down and just look at your life and go, is this really it? And make a decision to stop something that will actually make you better and improve your story. If you'll give me just one second, I want to say this. Your thing to stop this year um, might actually be to just stop trying to do this all on your own. A lot of you do. I do. One of my best friends said to me this week, he started solving something in his life. And he said, I went home and what God told me was I was doing it without him. See, when I knelt down at the window by a door in a gym where I actually accepted the Lord, what I said was, I need forgiveness. I'm tired of doing this on my own. And for some reason, I believe you're true. I see it in people around me. And so I want that. That was my start. But the cool stop was that I just stopped trying to do it on my own. And you're like, well, that's, I'm already saved. But are you doing it on your own? That might be the most significant thing for everybody to stop. If we're doing it on our own, it's to just stop doing it on our own. And if you're a Christian, return back to that moment where you said, I need help and I want to do this with you. And if you don't believe yet, it's to say, hey, I want to start my spiritual journey. I've done this on my own long enough and clearly I'm listening because I've got a lot of problems. So maybe I need to start doing this with God. All this requires that we own our stuff. All this requires that we, we conquer some of these things inside. But the point is you don't have to conquer them alone. So maybe your stop, your stop is just stopping doing it on your own. I don't know. We all get one day to pick a stop. And if you didn't do a start, you know, have two days of homework. Because we need to do stuff with the, God, the stuff that God gives us and tells us. I know this is so simple, it seems like, really? Because it's not deep. Because we're talking about starting. And starting is always simple. Starting is always with one step. Father, I pray that you would just bless us, that you would, um, you would take these words and just remind us that you want us to have a full and abundant life and your instruction to us was to just lay aside anything that's in the way of that. I pray you'd make us bold. You know, maybe it's external things like a habit or, or a habit with a game or a habit with a drug or a habit with cake. Maybe... It's something external like, you know, just I'm not taking time to, to read or I'm not taking time to just have quiet time. 
And she said, well, those are starts, but sometimes they're all wrapped up in stops. Father, I pray that you would give us the inspiration and the encouragement to lay aside, to stop the things that are hindering our stories, whether they be sin or whether they be internal habits, whatever they be, and show us, really, out of the five or ten things we can come up with, the stop that you want us to want. It's the one you want that you want us to want. Here's to a good 2023 with you, God. Give us strength, guide us, keep us safe. In Jesus' name, the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.